0: WWE? Did you watch
1: that stuff too? Back in the day.
2: Yeah, I was
0: so into
1: it. Yeah. I watched WWF. I okay, same difference. shit. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, WWF, WWE. I think it was WWF for me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because well,
2: the rock was on there in China. My brother's like, be China, I'll give you two dollars to let you me like jump on you off the bunk bed. Did China die? I'll get like fucked up.
1: Did China die? No, her I'm, dude died. I'm older. I I'm like Hulk Colgan and uh the Junkyard Dog, The Undertaker. The, yeah, Macho Man. <laughs> Macho Man, Randy Savage, the uh What's his name with the snake? Oh, uh, Jake. Jake yeah. the Snake. Jake the Snake. <laughs> I'm uh, even older than that.
3: I'm The Rock's dad. Oh, Rocky. <laughs> Rocky. Yeah. Oh yeah. My my grandmother was a huge Rocky Johnson fan. I feel really. Uh, oh,
1: yeah. So he was a big time guy, huh? Yeah. His his dad. Huh? He was
3: the guy. Yeah, for sure.
1: I feel I like it wasn't that. that
0: big in general though. Wrestling, yeah. Like, or, or is, because it, not only my gener- my generation was Stone Cold and The Rock, but yeah. I feel like people say like that's the golden era. And then I'm kind of lucky, I think. Because then people say basketball, the golden era was Jordan. That's my era, too. Yeah. Like, I just hit it. But football, maybe even, too. Well, maybe you're just
1: talking to people that are your peers. Perhaps. Yeah. But I think with
0: wrestling, like Stone Cold and The Rock, I think, were the shit.
1: Maybe basketball and football, maybe not as much. Well, anymore. I mean, you go back to, uh, you know, Macho Man Randy Savage and Hulk Colgan and uh, and what was the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, Ultimate Warrior. And all those guys. Jake the Snake. The junkyard dog, the Bushwhack brothers. Remember those guys? They like lick each other's heads, bald heads. <laughs> <laughs> so they were fucking like, weird. I kind of like each other and lick each other's heads. <laughs> oh, the Bushwhackers. God. I kind of like that. That's what I that they, There was an actual cartoon, like a cartoon Saturday cartoon of all those guys. That's so weird. Because the yeah, you... Iron Sheik, he'd always do Iron the Sheik. Camel Yeah, clutch. I love the Iron Is that really him on Twitter?
0: That's a thing, right? You've seen that. Where he makes a bunch of like political jokes and shit. Like, it's. Oh, I don't know. I don't think it's really him. A, I thought that would be so funny. I thought I it
2: was because like Ally Kinta called him out, like quoted him after one of his fights. Oh, did he? But I don't know if it is. I don't know it either. It's really
0: but it's like iconic. Really? Yeah. He He's like just, he's like a walking meme on Twitter and it's <laughs> it says Iron Sheik and it's the picture of him like in a rag and stuff, it's right? It's most likely not him. <laughs> Yeah, he's got to be older. I yeah, mean, well it's they, like, you never know.
3: The last blockbuster on Twitter is not actually the last, last blockbuster.
0: Oh yeah, you get those <laughs> names and then you just yeah, run with yeah. it. Yeah,
3: no, they're having fun with it. I get it. And, uh, What's
0: the golden era UFC? Not for you,
1: but for or MMA. For what would the world say? I gotta say it's cutting edge right now. It's like whatever's the most recent is the is the is the time. I mean, right now you have Conor McGregor's the biggest most crossover athlete ever in the sport before that it was Ronda Rousey yeah. before that it was Anderson Silva before that it was George St. Pierre before that it was uh you know Chuck Liddell and Randy Couture you yeah i'm kind of in there in no, the you're mix, in there. So i'm like i'm like <laughs> i'm like i'm like upper echelon but uh because the ufc wasn't wasn't going with my weight class at the very beginning yeah, yeah. i would have been and I was for what I was doing, but um, you're hanging out with Kenny Powers. Yeah, I, I actually. I've had to you show think test about it, that. <laughs> yeah. If if you, if you think if, as far as my crossover stuff, like sponsored by Pepsi and 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 commercials, like I was one of the one of the top guys in that.
0: Because sure. even now, we've talked a bunch of. We have a bunch of mutual friends, Cody and, and Joe B, and all those guys. Uh, especially like Joe B, some of the or, yeah. or, or, more old school ish guys yeah. uh, mm-hmm. who have been in the game a long time. It seems like they like money isn't. It's not NBA money still no. for
1: everybody. I just talked to Joseph for like thirty-five minutes, and that was a big topic that he kept bringing up. Yeah, oh. but 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 some of the popularity is.
0: Oh yeah, and obviously that's what what's bones going nuts on Twitter, and 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 McGregor got his, and some people yeah. get theirs, but for the time, or even Chuck Liddell, like my mom Chuck didn't get much. That's what I was gonna say. Like yeah. he, he's a household ish name. I always go by household name by whether my mom would know him. You know, yeah. I feel like that's yeah. the gauge. My mom doesn't know Chuck Liddell. Yeah,
1: but. Uh, but he's right there. Oh yeah, and he probably didn't get paid shit. No, in the big in the big scheme of things, no, maybe seven million bucks in his career, maybe eight million bucks, something like that for a really long career. For a long career as the guy being Larry Bird of fighting. Yeah, yeah. Isn't really that the sure.
3: argument for crossing over to boxing because the purses are so much bigger?
1: Well, the purses are not bigger on the lower level. Yeah, it's only if you get to the highest level. Yeah, and that's kind of the way it is in UFC now there's one thing that determines why the boxing world has bigger paydays in the UFC and mixed martial arts Mm. and that's purely you could say competition but that's not even it it's not a uh, it's not a is there any competition because there is some other competition it's the enforcement of something called the Ali Act which boxing passed and Mm. the powers to be are trying everything in their you know, within their ability to make sure that the MMA fighters don't get that all the act that makes every single bout a negotiable bout. Like if I was going to fight Conor McGregor, it wouldn't be I'm contracted. I'm contracted with UFC, and he's contracted with UFC. We can't breach our contract and go fight in Bellator. Mm-hmm. If we were going to fight, that goes up for bid to Bellator, to ONE FC, to whatever, and whoever's the highest paid person, the fighters get to choose. And with that. They have to keep giving more and more and more and more to the fighters. And so now the fighters get the lion's share of the, the fighting purse because they'll just say, well, this guy will do it for cheaper. And everybody yeah. wants to make their buck if they're in that business. And so the UFC has created an NFL-type situation where it's the league first uh, and the fighters yeah. are secondary. And so they'll just, you're not playing ball, boom, out with you, in with the new people, we're going to put our marketing machine, yeah. our dollars, boom, 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 and build up the next star. Yeah. And so you got to play ball, and and you're not negotiable. You're contracted for a set amount of fights, and they know when they can and can't sign re-sign you if they feel like pushback. And you know oh, he's not going to resign with us. They take the pedal off of yeah, the being your cheerleader.
0: Mm-hmm. How do you how do you beat that or work around that? I guess because I think the level's so different, right? Because the NFL analogy is good for people probably listening, like. The NFL has minimums per position, minimums per uh, you know how long you've been in the that's league. Union, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. What's your guys's fight to that? It, it like a player association, a a fighters union. So here's
1: here's the gladiator, and if you
0: let out any secrets, we'll just edit them out, and then we can build the union <laughs> together if we yeah. need afterwards. <laughs> There's no
1: secrets, unfortunately. <laughs> so uh, you know, the movie Gladiator, where he, you know. Gets double crossed, they kill his wife, he goes off, tries to just leave himself for dead. They pick him up, he goes and moves through the ranks and and then gets the Coliseum behind him and the emperor can't fuck with him because the people love him. Yeah. That's what Conor McGregor did. Yeah, yeah. That's how he's worth hundreds of millions of dollars and everything else. He he won the people, won the he actually won the promoters at the time Dana and, and Lorenzo loved him and he got to a point and was ballsy enough and in a position enough to where he could really hold the cards mm. and that's very rare um, and most people when they're in that position don't recognize it don't understand it and um, aren't prepared to do what it takes to you know roll the dice and eat, eat, go against the grain and I definitely wasn't I've been more of a guy that's been with the company you know yeah. what I mean and it's and I had to in a position where I started, uh, and they actually, you got to give them credit. They built me up. I remember when I first started doing PR for WEC back in the day, it was like pulling teeth to get our, uh, get coverage at these events. And we have like our, you know, this guy, Lauren Mack was my, my PR guy and he'd be nervous the whole time, hoping that these outlets would come and cover us. And it was like me and, uh. Um, Charlie Valencia, who no one will know at the moment. He's a great fighter. Um, and a couple other guys. And, and I was the one that, for whatever reason, resonated with fans. So they always wanted me to do all the PR. And uh, and then it was still like a crapshoot. It wasn't like now where the, the stars, like people are fighting to get their time. Yeah, right? and, and it got to that, for sure. But it was a lot of hard work. And I was one of the guys helping build that. And... At the end of the day, they, they did put in that hard work. The UFC put in their dollars and and their know-how and kept hiring newer, uh, more talented employees and, and shifting and and changing to be where they're at today because they're great businessmen. And so you can't fault them for that. But um, at the end of the day, if there were an Ali Act where everything would would be up for bid, that would help the fighters-ish. Uh, that's kind of what happened with boxing is, is there was no one creating the culture and the wow factor and investing in fighters because it, they could just get jumped, you know, shipped yeah. to get jumped. Is
0: that just because there's multiple leagues in boxing that are semi-reputable? And then boxing, that's always confused the shit out of me too. My uncle, great uncle, was a pro boxer. I've never watched boxing in my life. I've just kind of watched MMA casually. I'm 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 a basketball player, dude. I'm never getting punched in the face. You look face. like a bad, what, center? Yeah, center. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> Starting starter for the Kings. <laughs> it's just the cameras. That's why I sit in the back, make everybody feel smaller. <laughs> but uh, it, I never understood why they got paid so fucking much, or supposedly, you know? Because like, the pay-per-view dollars can't be that much more, and at this point, the sponsors can't be that much more.
1: It's not about the competition. It's purely based on it's up for bid. Yeah. And so then, you know... Here comes Delahoy has his own promotion. Roy Jones Jr. now has his own promotion. Floyd Mayweather has his own promotion. Then there's like the classic promotions for 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 boxing. So, you know, these guys try to sign fighters. They get fighters. You know, sign fighters, and then they invest in the fighters and build them up. But it's still like, you know, up for sale. So, um, it has to be like one of those situations where. Uh, I, I saw Canelo talking about this when he was like one of the guys that was hanging on with Delahoya's promotion and until he finally was like, okay, I get why everybody's leaving, right? So um, it's a completely different world, the boxing world, and the MMA world. What the MMA world has is a ton of money being made, but a ton of money getting put back into the system to make sure that they can turn the key and start up someone a yeah. new career. Okay, Paige Van Zant has a good look, she loves to scrap. Uh people love her. Okay, we're gonna get her on this. We're gonna put her PR push here. We're gonna do this, we do that, get her on the interviews, get her the right matchups, get her the right positioning on the on the on the fight cards, on a public public broadcast, and then eventually a pay per view. Uh you know, it's for sure there's it factors along with certain fighters, like you either have it or you don't. Yeah. But you can't just be the it factor and not have the fighting. You can't just have the fighting and not have the it factor but what you really need is the money and the dollars behind you to hold you on a pedestal. And so UFC has done a great job of, of creating a system where they can take all the money and do that, and then boxing becomes a world where, uh, you know, you've got a couple of big names, and it's it kind of died off because the big names, you know, they run out because no one's investing back into build big names.
0: Yeah, yeah. That, I guess that's kind of the evolutional thing. Why isn't other sports? in our world for some reason, and maybe it's general, maybe you guys would know better than me. It seems like jujitsu is catching a little tidal wave here. For some reason, all these meathead lifters that I know and I grew up with like the last 12 years are all like into like choking people out now. And so they're all, they all just switch. They they threw on sandals. I, I notice if you do jujitsu, you have to wear fucking sandals. No one's in sneakers. And they just start rolling around with each other. Or Muay Thai. Like why isn't, why, is it just the organization? Why are those sports kind of non-existent on the, on the pop radar? Um,
1: you think they're non-existent now, or they're? You're getting I think they're through. non-existent.
0: Uh, Jujitsu in my world's catching some tidal
1: waves, yeah. but I think that just might be my little social media. This, this is my theory. Look, I was a human development major, and and you know, if you take religion out of it, it's about procreation and survival. It's 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 how do I get a safe place to stay with food to eat with mates to procreate and make sure that the world population goes on. Yeah. That's like our basic- Sex ed with Uriah. We just took a (laughs) whole- That's basic human instincts and that's why we're we're built. Like the people that have that that mentality have helped us propel into populating the world, et cetera. And so we can take society and religion and all these different things and break it apart, but at the end of the day, you've got animals that are intelligent animals that are finding ways to get the things they want and need. And so jujitsu- hasn't been super sexy in the past. I think it's now because of the mixed martial arts and world fame, fortune, mates, et cetera, is now- Girls
0: like guys that choke other dudes out.
1: Well, girls like guys <laughs> that are successful <laughs> yeah, and yeah. can protect, provide yeah, protect. For sure. Right? And so from a bodybuilding standpoint to a powerlifting standpoint, yeah. to a jiu-jitsu standpoint, bodybuilders look like you would think- man that guy can protect me
0: he's a pussy power
1: lifters can throw the bodybuilder around probably you know we're still pussies and then jujitsu players can choke out both true so then uh, i think it's starting to get more you know guys guys are like okay look man i want to get i want to attract the mates and look tough (laughs) and do this and and make some money and then then you got it's being proven what actually works to be you know because i think muay thai from like a
0: I don't want to say a sexy standpoint because you're talking about procreating, but I guess from a dude's visual, like that's that's more exciting to watch. And there's some killers. Like uh we know all the guys down at CSA and some local cats that are like almost pure Muay Thai guys. That's exciting to watch. Like the yeah. knockouts, they're flying around, they're super
1: athletic, well, super that's, mobile. But yeah. that
0: doesn't get any play on its own either, like T V,
1: pay-per-view. Well, I think you need some stars and then you need some some now because of Instagram and, and social media and whatnot people can make their own stardom you know yeah it's a different time and place but but people are figuring that out too and money is still going to help out with that so um look people understand a fist fight if you hit someone and they get knocked out that's like animal instincts and it's pretty simple jiu-jitsu when you get high level jiu-jitsu players the submissions get less and less you can understand like an oddball matchup in jiu-jitsu would probably be more enticing. Like a jiu-jitsu player versus a Muay Thai fighter would be like, oh, is he going to knock him out or is he going to submit yeah. him? But you go to a jiu-jitsu match of two high-level guys, and if you don't know what's going on, right. it's not exciting. If you do know what's going on, which takes time and you have to nerd out on it, then it can be really, oh, my gosh, he defended that. Oh, it's almost there. It's not there. He's got position. But then it becomes more exciting. Um, and that's what happens in the yeah. UFC.
0: Like, I'm I'm a pretty casual fan, but I, I like sports a lot, and I, no no way can I ever fight or do anything. But I see what's going on. That there's a little chess match going on on the ground. But you go to UFC fights. I've been a bunch live, obviously watched online. If as soon as they go to the ground, they start they start being a little tactical, the crowd starts booing because yeah. they have no clue what the fuck's going on. Yeah. They just want to see some blood. They're like
2: They're all, knock him out. Yeah, just yeah. a bunch of
0: fat dudes drinking Budweiser trying to see some blood. Like yeah. it does kind of feel like you even said it's more gotten, like primal. It's gotten
1: better, but that used to be the case 100%. Yeah. It's it's gotten a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, baby steps. <laughs> yeah, a little bit better. But that's why
0: I'm still confused and your background's Muay Thai Tuss. We have we have Tuss in your eye of Faber here for our official intro. Um Tuscana. Uh Muay Thai seems to me like maybe not a no-brainer, but it seems like it should be Popular on TV or pay per view or something.
1: Yeah, I you know I think what's older in American society, which kind of sets the precedent for for where the money's made a lot of times. The U.S. and a little bit of the U.K. Um, is boxing. Yeah, yeah, and that that was that was it. I mean Muay Thai has huge following over in Thailand and, and some other parts of the world, but uh, there's not as much money there. And um, so th- things haven't been done properly to promote. Um, there have been some great promotions throughout time, a K1. Uh, you know, there's Elite XC. And and what is...
2: One championship is probably putting it on its pedestal right now. They, yeah. they take over like Southeast Asia and Australia, like that side of the world. But they're doing like Muay Thai, they're doing kickboxing bouts and MMA in, like, can't say cage, but they're doing it in a circle. Yeah. Have a yeah. circle. So that's, like, all my friends at home in Australia in the Muay Thai industry, that's their goal, not UFC, like, because you can get paid well and you're spotlighted. Yeah. But it comes down to the industry, politics, yeah, and Yeah, one dude with a lot of money. Yeah, and the investment, because people, like, money. you can be yeah. the top name and you're still fighting for, like, 3,000. That's big, what 3, you didn't <laughs> list
0: on your… Uh... Sociology experiment. There's choking dudes out. There's pretending that you're jacked and could do something. But money, money is survival in 2021. so yeah. that's attracting a lot yeah. of. Well, well, yeah, you well, would hope. You know, yeah. Well, yeah. well that Security. goes. Down. No, that's yeah. money in a yeah. house. That's yeah. What I'm saying. yeah, 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 right. Yeah, one hundred percent.
1: And and it's funny because you know I always bring it back to this kind of stuff because you know that's what I studied. You know, and you're like, oh, shit's pretty simple. You know, like it's like <laughs> that is you want think. <laughs> you want the ideal. What makes someone attractive? Well, uh, symmetry. You know, do they, is this side of the face look the same as this side of their face? And and for females, it's like a nice butt and some nice boobs. That's all like in a, we're in simple a creatures, crit, you know. Whatever yeah, we are. But That's like there's there's like direct correlation to symmetry and your immune system like are you going to be healthy and like yeah, yeah. there like there's there's the ability to procreate you need a certain amount of body fat yeah, exactly. to be a healthy like sturdy person to push out another baby yeah. and stay healthy and not die you know yeah, like yeah. there's all these animal instincts that we don't know is going on and like oh and now and then, and then you got the dodo birds where like it's like, you know, like these guys that, that get on steroids and do this and do that. Right, and I'm dude. Like, now
0: you just throw shots at everyone listening to our podcast.
1: <laughs> but, but, no one's going to listen to But anymore. whatever, what, what I'm saying is like, then there's the girls that have like, you got your fake teeth, your fake cheeks, your fake eyes, your yeah, fake hair, yeah. your fake tan. Credit card your bills fake only. Tits, fake ass these days. It's like. <laughs> fake lashes. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and then you got guys who are like, oh my God, look at that girl. I'm like. Well, You're the dodo bird. Like the genetics you're gonna get, yeah. unless you have the money. You know, you're you're screwed on that one. I didn't know
0: fake asses were such a thing, Brazilian Brazil. Brazil. Until I went to Miami. I went to Miami two oh, or yeah. three years ago with my boy Jacob, our homie, and yeah. and I'm looking around. I'm like, like their their legs are the size of my pinky, and then their rumpers the size of my rumper. <laughs> and I'm like, what? That's not possible. Like I, it, you don't
1: really see it in California. Like but maybe oh, yeah. LA. It's getting. I mean, it's very easy to point out. in My yeah, opinion. It's, it's so bad. It's comical. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's. It's uncomfortable sometimes. You see something. You're like, what's going on here? It, it looks can't be, like. Yeah, it can be comfortable like, to be in. I, I don't want to <laughs> stare, but I'm sorry, I have to stare. It looks like the. What do they call them? Saddlebags. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh.
3: Yeah. Like like your. Uh, riding a horse or a
1: motorcycle yeah. or something but I think, you know
3: going to each their own yeah yeah, yeah right. party on around me or a pair to their own uh yeah. so i think going back to to your point i think that a lot of uh the fitness people are getting into muay thai or or, or bjj or yeah. whatever because fitness is boring when it, it comes is. right down to it. it like is. there is only so many times you can teach some people to deadlift or whatever. And like it, and the key to continuing to be popular other than being, you know, in good shape or whatever is doing something interesting. Yeah. Right. And it's a real challenge though, to get to that next thing. Like, okay, I'm a, I'm a human being. And the thing that I do, that you know me for is lifting weights but i have other things that i do and i would like you to be interested in those things as well humans have that inch uh,
0: like we have that from society looking at us but yeah. we have that internally too right that's something that i'm blessed that i don't have an issue with like i don't like tie my identity to a piece of metal that i lift every day like i you know like i would never say like "Hey, I'm mike i'm a power lifter like i, <laughs> I, I, I kind of lift weights you know like i'm a son i like basketball i like you know mma i, I just kind of do these things but like that's so tied into people and then yeah. it is because of social media and you build your own kind of celebrity-ish hood the world only sees you as that And, I, as and well. I think
3: it's the most obvious pivot right
0: now for a lot of guys yeah. in, in fitness it seems so uncomfortable I, I maybe when I was a kid I could roll around and choke some people but like as an adult I don't want to be in pain you know <laughs> like I'm just so well, that's over why it. you have to get good so you're not in pain yeah, yeah but at some point I'm gonna get knocked the fuck out and, <laughs> like if like you 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 fought your whole life not that you don't feel pain but you're kind of like used to that yeah. And, and I know the joke is that I'm short an Italian guy, but I did play basketball. And <laughs> like falling or diving or jumping or like sweating and ble- bleeding, all that, up until like age 22, it was so
1: normal. Like you'd yeah. wake up a little sore, but it was normal. Now if I went and played basketball, oh my, I would feel so yeah. terrible. That basketball is actually pretty high up there on injuries. Oh, it's wait, like one yeah, of the yeah, biggest has to be. Biggest uh, injury list for sports. I mean, they're not as major like concussiveness. You know, the biggest injuries for head head trauma is uh, cheerleading. Oh, I believe it. I I saw something talking about Instagram.
0: Total side note. I saw the craziest fucking thing I've ever seen on Instagram. People, I don't even know if we have video. This girl standing like this, and a dude has his hand on her back. And all of a sudden, she jumps. He he yeets her into the sky. She does like (laughs) five backflips, and he catches her one foot. No two hands, no one hand. And, And it would look perfect and beautiful. But to your point, how many... People don't do that. Catch no. You. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah.
1: How many times did you eat shit to get there? Oh, yeah. And on top of that, like, it's funny because you, you relate it back to your your own sport. Look, I'm blessed. I have one of the best gyms in the world with top fighters in the world. Growing up in Sacramento and seeing this thing progress from 2003 is when I first started fighting here locally. Uh, you had all these different groups and teams and this and that, and you knew, like, somebody had convinced a bunch of people to come train in his garage and he didn't know what he was doing. And then he, then he, he's like, yeah, we're this is us. and We're going to fight, you know, whoever's out there. And, and a bad coach in MMA can be dangerous, right? I'm oh, sure. It can be dangerous. <laughs> you you can really build, especially a good talker, a yeah. good coach yeah. should be able to get you and believe you're doing the right thing. But he doesn't have the right technique. That's dangerous yeah, in our die. sport. Yeah, you're like, going to die. basketball, it's like, you know, your pride gets hurt or whatever. Sure. And truly, think about that. Yeah. How true. many guys? Because there's a lot of there's a lot of moms that want to get into the be a cheerleading coach, and there's a lot of guys that want to be around a bunch of girls and and whatnot, and like that's <laughs> dangerous. Like <laughs> never you, thought about that. are really throwing people up in the air, and you have to catch them properly, and oh, you know, like no, I'm sure there's a lot of injuries based on people not understanding the proper way to go about, you know, building a team. Yeah, yeah, in man. that scenario, and so you know, I've I've had you know ex-girlfriend that was a champion you know cheerleader and and whatnot and the stuff they were doing was crazy crazy and they had to have guys like you that were strong as hell that also coordinated that spent a lot of time getting good at it and you know there's like a cost benefit you know what I mean and and if you want to half-ass something like that like that's dangerous yeah you're fucked
3: up (laughs)
0: yeah yeah you're fucked up
3: there's a group I think it's probably Sac State's group and they probably haven't been able to um to practice on campus but they've been practicing in like you know the, pan- the panhandle of uh, mckinley park oh uh, yeah yeah you know what we're talking yeah, yeah. about um they're they are there on the weekends like saturdays whatever throwing around the, one of the dudes is one of the biggest people i've ever seen ever yeah gotta <laughs> he's got to be six seven <laughs> yeah he's you know close to 400 pounds he's huge and he's got to be pretty athletic, right? I mean,
0: oh, that's a yeah. uh, my dad. Played, my dad played college football, and then in the off season, they'd recruit him to go do that kind of shit. Oh, yeah. And then, and then in powerlifting, one of the guys who revolutionized our sport in like 2010, this guy Dan Green, fucking insane, right? Like moves 800 pounds around like it's nothing. Like this water bottle. He was a cheerleader in college at San Jose State.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hey, just that sounds like a good gig to me, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know where the if the money's there as an adult, but. <laughs> Well, you cover wise, one of the bases. That's you're true. just getting to talk to some, that's some, true. some, some, some girls true. So talk head on straight. You know? Yeah, you meet head out in here, you're not getting any girls talking to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Personal experience. You mentioned uh, 2003, kind of starting in Sacramento. Um, is that kind of what you would call the beginning of your MMA? Because you wrestled oh, yeah. and did other things, but is that like your MMA? Yeah. I, gra-
1: I graduated college in 2003 from UC Davis, and I stayed on to start coaching at UC Davis. As an assistant coach, making like dirt for for money. And I was coaching kids and started fighting and whatnot. Um, It was illegal in California at the time in 2003. So, MMA fighting. Yeah. And so it was uh, only on Indian casinos. There wasn't all the rules they have now. You could actually knee people on the ground and I could wear shoes in the cage. Would you want to wear shoes? Is there any advantage? I did because I was a wrestler, so I was just used to it. Mm. Um, for a couple fights and I eventually took them off but um, yeah it was the very beginning man 200 bucks to show up 200 bucks to win another 80 bucks for selling tickets
0: what do you how do you even get involved so you're, you're wrestling you're training probably in your garage with buddies like you just explained and yeah like what do you do you just see a contest is at you know Thunder Valley out there and you just you just sign up say hey man I weigh this much
1: I'm gonna go I'll fight well I was going around to any gym around town that was doing it, and I was also coaching at UC Davis, so I was wrestling with the guys in the day, and then I would find places to train, you know, a couple times a week, anywhere, really, and I was just asking. and They had a crappy little organization called Gladiator Challenge, and they were tied with King of the Cage, which was, like, kind of the bigger promotion. Is King of the Cage still a thing? That sounds Yeah. I think that's
0: a WWF term. Maybe that's why that's in my head, but that no, sounds familiar. I like
1: I've,
3: I've seen locally. King. Oh, yeah, it no, sounds like no, it has been a yeah. long time.
1: Though. Yeah, and so uh those guys, there's a, a promoter named Ted Williams and there's a, he was to Challenge and then Terry Troublecock was the was the King of the Cage guy. And I was kept asking people where I was where I was going. I knew that a couple of my friends had fight and I'm like I want to fight Blah blah. blah. and so somebody gave me Ted Williams phone number and so I just called him I said hey what's up man uh he's like hello I'm like hey Ted this is Uriah Faber I uh I want to get a fight I wrestled at UC Davis and click just hung, hangs up I call back no answer no answer and I'm like what the fuck so I go around to a couple other gyms and there's like this fast talking dude that was running like a little jiu-jitsu gym I think he might have been a pathological liar, but uh, I bet I yeah. bet
0: we could have a twenty podcast on the weirdos you came across in <laughs> your career yeah, for sure.
1: And so uh, I can't remember his name, Carlos or something like that. And uh, maybe he's not a, a, a complete liar, but he helped me by lying. He he called the guy and told him that he had this kid. I went into his gym one time and like, you know, was wrecking through everyone. I was like uh, like a month into training, and he called and. And set me up, said I was his guy, and I was, <laughs> you know, whatever it was. And I got a fight three, three and a half weeks later. I went and had my first fight in an Indian casino and in, in a Calusa Casino, and and that was it. That was the that yeah. was
0: uh once you get your foot in the door, then you that guy well, answers well, they, your call, and you just start well, they moving a little it, bit. Yeah,
1: you come to find out that they only care about selling tickets. That's how they're making the money, and then. And then any the casino would pay them some money also. So I took a fight in three and a half weeks and sold like all the tickets they gave me. And then I got there and I beat the crap out of the guy. And people were going nuts in the crowd. And then Ted Williams is like, you know, hey, well, like, yeah. like, <laughs> like, trying to court me. <laughs> and, Sorry, my uh, battery you know, yeah, was dead. Didn't yeah, mean exactly. To, uh, <laughs> and, I, and I told him, I said, hey, I said, uh, you know, he's like, well, yeah, we'll get you going again, and we blah blah blah. And I said, I want to fight. At the time, it was. Uh, Charlie Valencia. I can't remember who the champion was. I was just like, I want to fight the champion guy. And he's like, oh, you don't want that yet. We'll work you slow. We got you covered. And I said, you going to call me back this time?
3: He goes, oh, yeah.
1: I'll, I'll, I'll call you back. And I'm like, all right, dude. And that was like the beginning of me, you know, making a name in Sacramento. By my third fight, I was selling like 300 tickets. And, uh, you know, just scrapping. It was fun.
0: I, uh, I always wonder where guys like that, whoever the hell this Ted guy is, like where they – like come from like he's probably never fought in his life i know his whole history yeah. really <laughs> you know what i mean like it's yeah. not like it's not like you now where the sport is uh, uh made an evolution and it's popular like now now you're in a business and you have your team and like if you started a league or had some fights it would make sense like oh yeah, yeah you're i fought his whole life and he coaches all these guys like it makes sense for you to put on a little promotion or something like yeah. a guy like ted in 2002 probably just he's probably a
1: used car dealer and fucking ends up throwing on <sighs> ted He's a pastor now. He's a oh, pastor Oh, changed wow. man. Wow. Yeah. Change. If you're looking for a good pastor, uh, look up Ted Williams. Ted. Some people go out to pasture. He went out to pasture. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Ted, you're pastor now. You, you talked, talked earlier, earlier.
0: Uh, about this kind of being maybe the golden era of, of MMA. Um, obviously, it for the, sure is. Yeah, like UFC, like the fighting talent's insane. There's promotions every single weekend. UFC's yeah. going public. I don't even know...
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, they yeah. they
0: sold and then went public or something.
1: They sold the William, yeah, William Morris Endeavor. And now IMG. they're going public next week or soon. But they went public. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder uh, to wrap it
0: into our meathead world. Like obviously the talent pool is getting bigger, and you mentioned earlier, like there's kind of a personality trait, the it factor, whatever we want to call it. The the Ali, the McGregor, the whip, you know, the look, the talk, the this and that obviously fighting skill and like how long you've trained and if you're coordinated and the skill that is mma but then there's like an athletic piece of that too and i think bones jones is probably just the best like analogy because like where's his family yeah they're two (laughs) fucking freaks in the nfl yeah yeah. you know like people don't talk about that a lot in a lot of sports because they i think anybody who's good at something they always play up how hard they work yeah and and the world may play out their genetics yeah. or the, you know what I mean and, yeah. and obviously it's a combo of both you're not going to go yeah. in the
1: UFC and whoop ass just pure on genetics no, no. but if you're a fucking freak e- and then you're doing the right things you've got a h- distinct advantage but Absolutely. with
0: certain sports they don't talk like that like like the NBA we all know you already made a joke I'm not seven fucking feet <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to the NBA like it's just not yeah. you know like there's a chance but that yeah. chance is so slim based on purely genetics that my dad's a five six Italian man right. you know like it's just not happening and MMA obviously there's weight classes but there's, like, the speed of, of, like, your kind of weight class, the Joe B's, these guys that are flying around. Like, that's a genetic gift. Yeah, you can train speed, but not really. Yeah. Some of these guys are freaks. So do you think the best is yet to come even? Like, oh, you, yeah. Because, like, the, it's popular now.
1: Now there's kids probably that are 8 years old, like, hey, I want to learn Muay Thai. Hey, I want to I want to do this. This is cool. Yeah, that's the difference. And, I mean, what needed to happen was there needed to be a goal and a bigger picture, and the guys – that are getting jets and expensive cars and on TV so that people are like that's what I want to do you know it's uh it's a you know something that creates envy yeah yeah mm. and creates dreams yeah and and now we have a sport that does that so at what you're saying is absolutely true though i will take it say you know hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work right that's the old saying which I agree. The problem is when you have talent that is doing hard work. It's very hard You're for the, the yeah the person that is not yeah. you know talented who's also working hard. Right? Then they maybe need to do more. But even if they do more, like will their body hold up? You know, do have you guys done the twenty three me and and all that? No, kind of my stuff?
0: my mom did though. No.
1: Yeah, I did it. She, and, I think Jim's done I, one uh, of them. Yeah, yeah. I've done a couple different ones. Yeah. My girl, she she did she did it and it and she got an update that said that. You have a gene that, uh, is basically common in all the very top athletes at the world class level for powerlifting and sprinting and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just explosive. And it's like for, for whatever reason, there's a certain level that you get as an athlete. And then there's the elite that have certain genes that give them an edge. And, uh, and she has that gene. I'm like, dude, that's awesome. And you don't. I don't know if I do I never I never got an update though. Oh hey, call yeah. me guys <laughs> call me. Call me with the update, man. I'm yeah. waiting. No, but uh I mean, but her dad was a six six years in pro league, ran a four something. Yeah. Freaky you know, speed. Had a ran four hundred yards in one game at University of Nevada Reno and like he was an all purpose running back, six foot backflip with full pads on him. Yeah, so yeah. I'm cool. like, all right, well, we know where that came from. Yeah. My dad, different. my mom, I don't know, but I I definitely have some gifts, obviously, but hers were pointed out in a genetic test that brought that that exact point to my to my uh, attention. Where I'm like, okay, and now you're seeing a lot of the the top level champions have these gifts. You see Usman; that doesn't look like other fighters. No, yeah, yeah, like (laughs) that dude looks a little different. Yeah. Also, uh, you know all the african champions yeah the africa. west african so my good
0: friend uh uh he played in the nba and he's he's eastern uh uh african they're yeah. tall long skinny and i never like thought about it right because i've never been to africa you know and he's like no like western africans like they're built like little power lifters like they're little fucking tanks yeah. like <laughs> and, and then you see it in that sport in our sport too our buddy russ uh, my boy russ or he's just five six 180 pounds of granite you know just built so different yeah he works his absolute face off but i work pretty hard and i don't look like that (laughs) like i don't even look close and i tweeted something like that years ago and people got so mad i said look man your hard work isn't beating genetics and each (laughs) each each sport is so different like each sport has a scale of athleticism to skill um and you can break them up however you want but like darts is over here like a little bit of athleticism but a ton of skill and then nfl football is over here like, if you're a freak, they'll find a spot for you on that field. Like, if yeah. you can run fast, hit hard, whatever. MMA is probably, you know, centered to the right, a little bit more skill, but you still got to be able to move. And, and yeah. basketball is probably, maybe I'm biased, but I think that's kind of dead middle. Like, you got to be fast, but you got to do some crazy shit with the ball, too. Yeah. Um, and I've heard from from pro athletes in multiple sports, like, yeah, so-and-so. Yeah, he doesn't really work out. He doesn't really yeah. train. <laughs> eh. dudes like, you know, pro getting paid millions all the time, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Is that I was going to say. Is that something common in your world cuz I feel like MMA in particular there's so many skills that go into one 3-minute bout or whatever. You know, like how how can you be lazy and still succeed or maybe not lazy but
1: are there people on the lower end of lazy that that make it? I would say absolutely. But the one thing that those lazy people have if they are having success is the most important thing in our sport, especially beyond technique, beyond natural gifts, beyond, uh, you know, work ethic is like the mindset. The mindset's the most important thing. Like I could take a guy, BJ Penn's a good example of that. And it's kind of game recognized game. You can kind of tell the guys that just believe they should, can, and are, and are entitled to win. Yeah, and that trumps a lot of the other things. As long as you have enough of the other things, right? It can't be sure. like there's there's delusion. Yeah, which is I'm this, and then that gets figured out really quick. That's the bar fight guy. Yeah, that's a bar fight yeah, guy. Yeah. but the bar fight guy <laughs> becomes dedicated and keeps that delusion until it's a reality. I've seen a lot of people like that, like believing until it's a reality. And so the guys with the mindset in a fight, really, they say the fight doesn't start until you're both tired, right? Sure. Unless the athleticism gets them and starches them at the beginning. Um, and that's why the, the the Jake Paul, Ben Askren fight that yeah. just happened Tuss, was so Tuss enticing. told me that's what you
0: want to dig into, really, is the yeah. TikTokers yeah. well, fighting each other. I have not even you about yeah. that. I haven't even the, told you. Oh, him. really? No. Oh, there's a full card of YouTube guys versus TikTok guys.
1: Oh, like really? Yeah, we'll dig in another time. Yeah. Yeah. I, think? Yeah. Yeah, like I don't know. I think it's boxing. I think. I don't know. Well, I'll say those guys that are having success doing something, they believe in themselves on some level, and that's yeah. a good start. Now, and uh, like, we didn't really get to test the whole Jake Paul mentality part because his skill, right. size, athleticism, and self belief got the mental side. Yeah. And not made it a non factor. Yeah. Because it never got to things getting really, really tough. And it was like things went perfect for him. So that can happen. But in the long run, the guy that really believes and doesn't get deterred has a big advantage. And that's like a guy, uh, for example, on our team, Darren Elkins, I always reference him. He's got the most takedowns in the featherweight division. And he's not a household name, but he's been there. When he was in high school, he had the record for – uh, the most wins in Indiana, or wherever he's from, Indiana, uh, and he's just nose to the grindstone. He's extremely strong, not the most coordinated works his butt off, but he's as consistent as it gets. And he believes in himself and he'll always come up. I, I, I always talk about two things that are great that people always say are negative. And one is, uh, excuses. And the other one is delusion. Like both those things are really valuable if they're used in the right way, like if you can make an excuse <laughs> that's fixable, oh uh, yeah, then that is a great excuse as long as you go on and believe it and and try to fix it. Yeah,
0: if the same excuse doesn't pop up week to week, yeah, you
1: know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, and even like a like I just I'm, I'm buddies with Conor McGregor, but uh I was making a joke about his last fight. Like he went up against a really great fighter Dustin Poirier, and. Like it's a tit for tat. The guy catches you, you're gonna get hurt. Blah blah blah. And he went up and he fought a pretty good fight. Poirier started getting the better of him and knocked him out. And Connor, in his after view, he's limping out of the thing and everything's the leg kick. He got me with the leg kick. And if it weren't when I when I when I checked the leg kick, that that's not gonna happen. This and that. The reality he got knocked out unconscious. So. It was that he got knocked out unconscious. Yeah. Not not that he was thinking about the leg kick or whatever. It's like, but his excuse is the leg kick. So now he's like, oh, trust me, I'm, I'm yeah. Fix this that. This mentality. He will never leg kick me yeah. again when I with my leg kick preparation. Blah, blah blah. It's like, well, he actually got knocked out. But yeah, okay. You know, <laughs> let's let's hope that's the case. And, yeah. And that's, but that's a great excuse, and that's what champions do a lot of times. Is find great excuses that you can fix. That's interesting. Yeah.
0: And who who checks that ego part of the game? You think that's on a coach then? Because like you've you've taken many roles. Like you're still obviously very active, and we see training and stuff. But you're you a coach. Yeah. Do you check that? Like, hey, Tuss, that's actually bullshit. Like you got knocked the fuck out, or you say, Nah, t- oh, yeah, Tuss, we're gonna work
1: on that leg check, and then next time you're gonna beat them up. Well, or do you just
0: let them kind of stew in their stuff, and results end up being results? It
1: depends on the scenario, like. You're and coaching
0: McGregor then right yeah, now. The what i you coaching McGregor. Him? Yeah, I'm going to say,
1: him? well, he went and fought the good fight, and he got knocked out, so there's no re- reason in, in in beating a dead horse. Yeah. You go with it. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, just move on. Leg kick. <laughs> let's protect the leg kick, man. You're going to smash him this time, but let's also work on some head movement. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you don't get tired. And, yeah. yeah. You know, like, you know, you got to ease it in there. It's like, uh and you know, like deal with person. kids, really. Yeah,
0: yeah. I was going to say, like, because I coached high school basketball for a long time, and, like, yeah. you, you check personalities, yeah. Like if you know this guy's a little whiny or a little egoy or a yeah. little, you, you kind of play to their what they need. Right. If if you if you know he's going to be right back in the mentality, mentality, you're like, yeah, yeah fuck him, dude, you got and him,
1: you, fuck him. Yeah, and you and you really got to assess too. Like, does he really believe that? And I'm like, yeah, he believes that. You know what I mean? Or is he just trying to like deter from the fact that he got bested in a fist fight or whatever? It's like, no, nah, he believes it. He's and that's a skill for him. You yeah, know? yeah. What the? How oh, fucking he didn't kick my ankle, I'll yeah. kill that guy. He kicked my ankle. I'm like, no, he knocked you out, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a blessing it's, in disguise. You know? Do you think, um, lifting weights as the evolution of this sport? Cause I know you're not like a huge meathead, uh, helps with not only the mentality, cause obviously I'm biased, but that's where I would put my dollar down. Yeah. Um, and two, the evolution again of the athleticism in the sport and durability long term. Freak shit happens. The Weidman thing, freak like he yeah. busted an ankle and then he busted an ankle, yeah. right? Like it, irony. Yeah, you can't. Well, you can't say like, oh, his bones. Like yeah. What? No. Like freak shit happens. Yeah. But. Um, other instances where maybe you are more durable long-term, Yeah. Um, do you think that's going to play more of a card, more of a card, more of a card? And I bring it up because you mentioned Poirier and my buddy trains Poirier, uh-huh. uh, strength and conditioning okay. uh, down in Florida. And he's huge, obviously, on weightlifting. He has an MMA background himself and then turned to strength and conditioning. But it seems like all these guys, we have another friend that works with Bones now with some of his diet and and, and stuff. Obviously, you've always had a team. You've always had a camp. And I love that mentality because, like, other sports don't talk about that. But, like, yeah. our sport needs it too. It's an individual thing. But, like, if I have a nutritionist, if I have yeah. a coach looking at my technique when I'm lifting, if I have a coach, you know, worried about my mind, and you, you kind of wrap it up as, like, a family thing.
1: Yeah,
0: um, Is strength and conditioning more popular now? Yeah, Or do guys always kind of – because wrestlers kind of lift. Like, they're always kind of yeah. meatheads. But yeah. is it more and more popular as we go?
1: I think it is definitely a bigger part of the game. Um, here's the thing. Sales, when money's involved, which it is now more than ever, you get sometimes the best coaches best are the ones that are great at sales. Yeah. And so you get somebody that has their own agenda and takes one off in a direction way further than they need to be and would love to make all their training about what they're doing so that they can be held on a pedestal. Right. And for me as a coach, um, and Andrew Coyne, Bulldog, he's one of our guys that I've had since before puberty. And uh, and I recognized early what his strengths and weaknesses are. One of his strengths is he's super intelligent. He learns very quickly. He's a uh, super strong mind. He's fluid and and coordinated, but he needs to work on strength. So I told him from a young age, like, hey, for the rest of your life as an athlete, you need to be strength and conditioning three times a day. Yeah. You know, that's three times a week. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's all the way throughout your career. Otherwise you're going to be, you're not going to make it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And he's, and he's from a military background His is his grandfather's, uh, you know, in the military and he's, uh, got a regimen where he's now, he's there right now. Yeah. Right? I've met him and yeah. seen him at Amadeus. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. there. Always he you know, there. works at Amadeus. Yeah. He's working all the yeah, time yeah. and, and he's, listens and he's doing his thing and now he's got the technique he's got the mindset he's got everything and he had to fill that piece in now there's a guy like i'll use me for example i've always been extremely strong for my size Like right. that was a gift that i had growing up whether it's genetics or the way i was raised i don't know what it is and in in college i probably should have wrestled my last two years 141 pounds but i was wrestling 133 pounds so for me i was already stronger than most of the guys had gone against or at least on par with the strongest guys and I was always having to cut down to 133 pounds so for me hard running was was very important and I had to really close some gaps on the technique because I, I got started late as a 13 year old versus like a guy like Joseph Benavides, Chad Mendez, yeah. Cody Garbrandt that started when they're four and five years old so for me I, I put less emphasis on that and more emphasis on closing those gaps. Once I got to a point where I closed all those gaps and I got Really, really, where I needed to be technically. Then I was able to reintroduce that type of training. Yep. And it actually happened after I broke my right hand on Mike Brown's head and dislocated my thumb in the same fight, championship fight. And I started doing strength and conditioning out of a means of I couldn't do the shit I wanted. Yeah, you know? yeah, can't hit bags and, right now. And I was feeling good, you know, and it and it, and it added, you know, added to my game. So the the truth is, you have to take every individual. And figure out what there is. Absolutely, bigger, faster, stronger pertains to our sport. Yeah, but there are more important things for sure. Depending on the athlete,
0: you just look at it the same. Then I mean, it, how you how you speak is just so coach like to me, uh, which is obviously <laughs> what you do. But like, then you just look at the same as like this guy's insane at jujitsu we're not going to be rolling all day every day like right. he's going to mess over here yeah, yeah. like it's it yeah. it's complicated cuz there's so many moving parts in your sport right. but
1: if you break it down like that it's not that complicated what yeah. are you good at what are you bad at we're going right. to put a little bit more time over here yeah and 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 it's great because you know in our room in particular and this is part of great coaching is self-awareness and letting go of an ego so many times and i've had it disrupt the culture in our team where a coach gets a little taste of like some fame or fortune or some, some, something. And it becomes like, I need more of that. And this yeah. and is and that our team has so many contributors. And, uh, and, and I lead from, by example, like I want Chris Holdsworth and Danny Castillo and coach Joey and Slava and Dustin Akbari and, and, uh, all these other coaches, Amadeo and, and whoever else involved to come in and keep eyes on guys. Cause we have a big team and, and uh like today for example we've got Slava Borshev he's a kickboxing world champion and he's been three and a half years on this MMA grind and so we do sparring today and he breaks off after two rounds of beating people up standing and he pulls a wrestler and just goes yeah. and wrestles in the corner yeah, cause what that's needs, what he needs to work yeah. on and and then there's other guys that are wrestlers that need to get really comfortable instead of doing four rounds you're gonna do seven rounds today because you need to get that time up of experiencing being in a fist fight, because it's not natural to you yet. So, everyone's on their own journey. Some people listen, some people don't. Some people have their own belief of what they're gonna do, and and you don't want to be your own coach, but you do want to listen and be self aware. Yeah, makes sense to
3: okay. me. That's got to be one of the most frustrating thing is things is people who don't listen. It's like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's very clear what needs to be done here, and you're just not listening at all.
1: Yeah, and it's sometimes especially in our sport there's there's guys that come from backgrounds that have patterns of self-destruction yeah. and and dysfunction and that kind of stuff. And so those sometimes can become a demon for for people, so creating regimen is one key that and creating a fun and healthy environment like a like a family would be is what I've tried to do with the team because a lot of guys don't have that and that brings them back you know they're a part of something that is not going to waver depending on a mood or whatever it's it's a steady part of their mind practice is always going to be at this time and it's always going to be here and there always going to be somebody there et cetera et cetera and once they get into that habit and build a habit uh, you got guys you've got guys that have some pretty tattered backgrounds yeah. that have found a groove and a home and a family that is bringing them in the right direction. So
0: do you think that's a big thing that's maybe switched to? And maybe this is me being a stereotypical asshole, but it seems like over time and maybe even it's like the Rocky Balboa through the stereotype out there that it's like kind of this like disgruntled family or disgruntled guy or tattered background or whatever that always ends up fighting. Um, It one is that true, and then two is that less true now that there is kind of this money, fame, or 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 that fighting is. How about you? Tuss, you fought people. Are you grumpy? Are you angry? She'll fight or are you, you right now? Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm scared.
1: I, like I've never. She's staring daggers at you right now. Mike. I don't know why.
0: Because I think my dad was just played like the you know the three sports football, uh, baseball, basketball, and so like that's kind of what I was raised on. Yeah. Um, Your family's obviously involved with Muay Thai. Is it always that way? And obviously, you're not from here either, so maybe the the country has something to do with it. Maybe it's American. I don't know. Like
2: in Thailand, some of the best fighters have come from the poorest, like scarcest like resources of like your I said the home, the resources in the home, money. Uh, It's the same in Australia. Like I've grown up in the gym, and some of the world champions that we've had come through have been like their parents are like drug addicts. They've come from like broken homes or like broken families. They've had issues in their families with like drugs and alcohol and they have just like a different kind of mentality when it comes to face adversity. It's like there's more to prove them other than just them like from what they've come from. And it's kind of the same in Thailand. Like you're sending kids from a really young age to go and be the provider of the family, like five, six year olds, like Uriah's daughter's like two now. Two, like, yeah. Think about two years sending like a four year old off to go and train and live in a <sighs> camp and sleep in a communal bedroom and yeah. get sent to school, come Just home. Just to try to make money? Yeah, train yeah. before school train after school, sleep, eat, like, that. repeat, that's your life. So in some ways, I believe so. And the rest of the world, there's not that money that we're talking about, that clout, that fame, the UFC superstardom. Social media is not, like, it's there in certain parts of different places, but in Thailand, for, like, the camps and the smaller people, like, they don't even know what's going on. Like, Yodson when I met him with my brother, in like I think my brother met him first but in 2010 he's at Fairtex he'd never seen himself on YouTube before my brother showed him there's just hundreds of videos yeah. back then and he had never seen himself on YouTube and we huh. like filmed it yeah. it was insane it's like, like oh that's me uh, yeah. like and he's recently retired but he was in one championship He was a household name in Muay Thai like kind of brought the heavier weights to the western eye but it's just crazy because as like current and as much there is in terms of like marketability and social media, like there's still parts of the world that don't even yeah, have detached. that. Especially Thailand, that's the home of their sport. So it's coming um, thanks to like the UFC, MMA and the boxing world, but it's still <coughs> still like not quite there. Because
0: fighting is its own thing, but I'd imagine... Like, Tiger Woods has a mentality to be a champion in a lot of things. I've never met him, but people talk like that. Maybe if he grew up fighting, maybe, right? Like, who knows? Like Or, or Kobe Bryant's, like, the typical go-to, like, stone-cold killer mindset. Yeah. Obviously, getting punched in the face is way fucking different. Um, <laughs> and it makes sense that maybe people had the disgruntled youth-ish or family that they have those demons or they're trying to fight. But as it gets more popular, do you think it'll be more... I hate, You can't, like, say it without sounding like a dick, I guess, like normal... People, you well, know, like a more normal athletics.
1: I, I've got a theory on this, and just to be clear, like I think about this kind of stuff a lot because of you know, that's that was what of interest that was my interest in college and, and whatnot is like, why are people doing things? Yeah, like what happens? And and I can name probably, yeah, the Noguera brothers, I they come from a big rancher family, they've got money, BJ Penn. They like own all of Hilo. Yeah, like, yeah, he's doing okay. Like, like <laughs> yeah. his family, yeah. right? And then uh, Matt Hughes, he's he comes from a good a good family. Sage Northcutt. Yeah, is, he's you got you got who's got my boy resources. out of Cleveland? Uh, Stepe. Yeah, Stepe. Yeah. I mean,
0: I know he's a firefighter now, so yeah, like fire- you I ain't broke. I don't
1: know, but you're not broke. Yeah, but but uh <laughs> so so my thing comes down again to the mentality and then the 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 drive. Um I always lean towards. <clears throat> Even in those those poor environments, like some sort of support system is the key. Like if you come from, if you don't have the grandma or the coach that really touched you, like Tyson had with Damato, or or uh, somebody that believed in you that gave you this enough to keep going, um, that's more important to whether there's money or, or in, involved. It's like, do you have the internal drive? And do you have the mentality and do you have some sort of support system that is helping you out? And I think, you know, to Tuss's point, when a little kid gets dropped off at four, that you go from in your in your village of, you know, poverty to in a place with other kids in the same environment. That becomes your new family and your new and and your your rewards are success and yeah. you're, you know, brought up think like good job when you do this and good job when you do that 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 is a positive environment for those kids that that gives you a rubric or a or a like the, the setting to to do some great things and and then then there's the other parts about it like where do you take it from there or yeah
0: um, resources a little bit of luck resources luck, maybe. luck yeah. some
1: genetics sure. um all that all that stuff plays in and then you just got the outliers that are just born with this mentally strong piece that like you know you're like okay like when Slava walked into our 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 gym I'm like okay this kid's got it when Cleo Romero walked into my gym I'm like okay this kid's got it Slava's a world champion kickboxer Slava Cleo's a a state runner up in California the toughest state in wrestling Um, and then they prove it by just showing up and showing up and showing up and then they sh- they outshine people in practice and, yeah. and you know th- it happens like that and it, but it's all mental
0: especially at a gym like yours yeah. I imagine if someone catches your eye like there, there's already so much talent there yeah if someone's catching your eye like alright this guy's kind of different yeah, yeah. yeah this guy's yeah. a little different um it's getting a little warm back here and I know you're a busy man so we don't want to keep you too long uh, but you got a new podcast <laughs> maybe not new but I know you're pushing hard uh, yeah. plug away where can people find you uh, yeah it's
1: CaliCast uh, Tess has been helping me run run that, that front we've got uh, CaliCast dot com
2: the CaliCast the CaliCast That's dot com, com yeah
1: and instagram and whatnot we've uh it's funny because i started doing it at the trifecta headquarters then we moved headquarters and upgraded this big spot and we're waiting to build it and finally i'm just like all right we need to just get it in our gym so i can be in the same environment all time to- at all times and we do a bunch of different di- little segments you yeah know? i know you're playing chess yeah are you so into I'm, chess I'm, I'm i'm i love chess yeah i'm not great at chess but i'm pretty good yeah, what we'll to play? I don't know how to play chess. At all? No. I got a t shirt. You Alex don't know, like, at all?
2: No, like, Alex Munoz showed me, like, he's like, this is the pawns. This one can go. This you don't way. know where they go. No. One time, somebody knocked <laughs> the board over, and then you guys, like, can you set it up? And I was like, no. no. <laughs> I, like, just shoved them on, and he was like, who set no. this up? And I was like, Ah oh, me. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I don't know. It wasn't really I don't know why.
2: Me neither.
0: Me neither. But I feel like you got to know uh, poker hands. You don't have to know how to play poker, but you got to know the hands. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. you got to know chess hands. I
2: kind of like just from what everyone was doing when they broke it down. The first thing I translated it to was fighting. It's like, okay, you can throw like a jab to a low kick, but yeah. you can go up to the head, go low, like head body head. Like you're too you violent. Know, like, you're too. That's violent. how I like. She just to- wants to beat
1: everyone. <laughs> yeah. Be. Yeah. We're talking <laughs> about my, little like, games. No, but
2: like in <laughs> fighting, it's like. They say that like, jujitsu is like chess. It's like you think you have one move. Yeah, And yeah. that yeah. person's already like three moves ahead of you because yeah. they I don't know Yeah, you, like, you up. Yeah. The mind kind of thing. So that's like the only real So reference. maybe
1: you like chess if you learn. Yeah possibly i yes. think she will and then uh we cover all sorts of we'll have to have you guys on and, and talk shop love to and talk uh, some tiktok fighters yeah he
2: told
0: me that i'll send you the uh the promo page
1: that's, that's crazy well you guys did a uh, great job with the gym man appreciate tell it you, bro, put a lot hot. of passion to it so i know it'll take off and um thanks for having me on no thanks for taking the time yeah man. thanks for yeah. being here man
0: yeah love sacramento i love what you do for the community and everybody here and uh awesome to have you Touch. you want to plug away no. You got a cute dog. Just plug his page.
2: Her? I was like, Kobe. Oh, her. My bad. <laughs> she not. It's not really a page. It was just so I didn't have to post like a million dog photos on my page. That's fair. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, new show every single Wednesday. Appreciate you. 3sb.co to figure out what the hell we got going on. I'm Silent
3: Mike everywhere you want to find me. and At DJ McD and all those social medias, this show is 50% facts. 1 percent percent is a word and 50s just numbers. And we'll talk to you next week.